You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Father John Rutten. We're broadcasting today from St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg, South Dakota. It's like Witness Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's kind of what happens when you come out here. It's I just, know, I uh, love it. Yeah, I'm just following, you know, we... Just, this is the thing that seems like what God wants to do. I know. So I love it. If you want something different, you just let me know, and we'll arrange something different. But no, I I love it. I love it. Every I love having of you guys it. out here, and I love sharing. And Beth, you know, is just a friend, so that's uh, not necessarily someone from our parish. But uh, well, yeah, it that, doesn't have to be. Yeah, so I love it on the journey, right? We all got lots of friends right. that are looking in the same direction. Well, and we've talked about your journey in three other um, episodes. So if you want to just, when you go to our podcast section, if you just type in Harrisburg, you'll be able to, or Father John, you'll be able to pull up the previous three, um, because those are prequels to where we're going to go today about your faith journey. So recap real quick. Yeah, real quick. uh, The first part is just, I am a recovering alcoholic, recovered alcoholic, whatever you want to call it. I love to drink alcohol. (laughs) That's just the fact. Uh, I like to drink large quantities of it. And when I start, I don't know if I'm going to stop uh, of my own will. So uh, the first part was just my recovery, how I, what my life was like and how I ended up having to get help. And then the second part was uh, right after sort of I got out of treatment and I returned to the practice of the faith at Christ the King Parish in Sioux Falls and what those two years of preparation were like as I then entered the seminary uh, after that. So then we talked about my years in the seminary, mm-hmm. particularly, um, I think, I think we did both. I went to two different seminaries uh, and what that journey was like and the humility that was poured out and the grace that was given. And then this last part sort of leading to, okay, ordination. And now I'm a priest after all of this journey. The least last thing I thought I would ever be is a priest. (laughs) (laughs) Your family already has a priest. (laughs) I already tried. Yeah, we already had a priest, which actually in a way was was a great gift. My brother is a wonderful priest, an amazing man. And it sort of took some of the pressure off of those moments when a young mm. man has to tell his family, not has to, but I mean, yeah. it's like, yeah. And then it kind of becomes this thing and not every, I'm like, sometimes I just want to like sneak away and go to the seminary. Yeah. Cause once you're in seminary and you're discerning everybody and their mother knows. Yeah. And it just and it can be daunting. so much pressure on yes. you, especially if you discern out. Yes. So that, uh, anyway, so I mean, knowing, having Paul there. And a priest was was a great gift, and uh, he was a great witness that he loved his priesthood. He loves his priesthood. So I had a good witness. And happy anniversary to Father Paul. Yeah, 19 19 years. years. (laughs) Uh, So uh, when I ended up a priest, um, the moment comes when you're going to decide where you're being sent. And there were a couple of places that were open as it works. There's a jigsaw puzzle. And Mm -hmm. at the time, our bishop had been around long enough that you kind of could predict, okay, there's probably an opening here, and there's probably an opening here. How much here. say do you have in it as a brand new priest? Uh, not much. Okay. <laughs> Just curious. <laughs> uh, at least at the time, not much. And pretty simple things. You know, you're going to be the associate at this parish, or you're going to be at the associate at this parish. Okay. I figured I wouldn't be in Sioux Falls because they usually don't send a new priest to their hometown, or at least at the time that wasn't common. Uh, and there was an opening at this parish uh, in Yankton, Sacred Heart, and the pastor had been my uh, 
priest for a couple of years when I was at the Newman Center at USD. Really? And I was sort of quasi on, like, I kind of, I went to mass and I think I lectured or something. I may have gone to some retreat or whatever, but I mean, at the same time, I'm down at Carrie's on the table at one o'clock in the morning, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm just like living totally. Yeah, both ends. Dichotomy of slice. Well, I don't know. I just made this judgment that I didn't want to be with him. That he wasn't my kind of priest, and I don't think he could be. I don't know if I officially like said or thought. I don't think he can be helping me. But I just had this response in me that was like, "That's not where I want to go," and that's where the bishop sent me. Of course, it is. <laughs> and so I was like, "Oh, oh, you know, like, oh no." Well, uh, I get there and. First day there, starting out, he's over saying mass, I think, uh, in the evening. And there was a seminarian assigned to, and uh, he comes into the, the, the rectory, and, and I'm standing there, and the seminarian's standing there, and he looks at me and he says, uh, do you cook? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm like, no. And he looks at the seminary and says, do you cook? No. Do you want to go out to dinner? <laughs> and that began an amazing friendship. It was like somehow that like just broke things in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I, what I came to find out was he is a, a really, really great man, a great priest, a great pastor. He was super helpful to me. Do you mind uh, sharing us with us? Oh, yeah. Is? Father Mark Lichter. Okay. Uh, and <laughs> he just really, really was a blessing to my life. And it was helpful because then I was able to reflect and I'm like, okay, what was it that I was worried about or what was it that I was thinking? And I, Father Mark, if you know him, uh, is a funny man and he loves to like break ice and he has this way about him that's really silly kind of sometimes and because I really wasn't in myself when I knew him at the Newman Center I didn't really get to know him I just had this sense that I would observe him and he could be silly or he could be like always kind of poking or um, and what I found very 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 quickly is he is a man of deep prayer he is a man of deep relationship with Jesus Christ he absolutely has a heart for the church and for the people of God uh, but he's also a human being, and one of the ways that he knows how to bring all that about is, is with a little humor. Yeah. And humor is super important in life. It's, yeah. It's a part of the Christian life. Uh, well, an example of his humor, I, I would broadcast from Aberdeen with Father Tim Smith, and he would put a sign on the door to the, because we would be in his parish up at Sacred Heart, and he would put on the door, don't feed the animals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's about a lecture. <laughs> yeah, always something. And it's just great. I mean, you love being around him. He brings mm-hmm. a, a life to things. And so, yeah, so it was a gift for, to me to realize that discernment of God's will isn't always just, you know, what I'm going to like or want. And yet this beautiful thing happened for me uh, of being able to spend my first two years as a priest under his uh, pastorate uh, and learn so many things. Uh, one of the things was just the obedience to the way that the bishop moves and mm-hmm that God's in that. So, well, cause how much of it coming in as a new priest are expectations that you have for the priesthood? I mean, you've only been discerning it for how long Yeah, thinking about yeah. life as a priest for how long. Yeah. And so how much of it is your expectations that you brought into oh, it? Tons because, because you're how in seminary, you you're studying, you have all these ideas in a way you sort of, I don't know the, I think this is probably life, but you live in a way that you think, Oh, this is how it should be. And then pretty soon I'm going to have the ability to make it how it should be. Yeah. 
And so you kind of like craft. It's hard to suspect, you know, I'm going to go into something and just receive. You, you, you usually are formed in a way in which you give. Mm-hmm. Um, although we spiritually say receive. In pastoring, we sort of feel like we give. So, yeah, you do. You come up with expectations and they get squashed and they get changed. And, um, but one, and one of the things was the expectations. I have a great love for architecture, for church architecture, for things that are beautiful. Um, that's partly my place here at St. John Paul II Parish is I saw that God placed this desire in my heart. And it seemed to be one of the factors that I was like, maybe I'm called to start a new parish and to build a new church. And um, one time at the seminary, since we'll go back to that, I remember looking, the uh, St. Paul Seminary was turned backward, and so they had these weird doors and everything. And one time I was in the entryway looking at this wall and kind of like, and someone comes in and they're like, what are you doing, John? And I was like, well, there's something dripping from up there down here, and I'm trying to figure out what they connected the buildings in this way, and I can't figure out where the hole is or whatever. Because you may have yeah. put a couple roofs on. Yeah, and the person, the guy says, only you would notice that. <laughs> you know, so, I am my father's yeah, son. Yeah, I am my father's son, totally. So, yeah, so in, in with that at Sacred Heart in Yankton, it isn't a church that strikes people. It isn't something that, I would say sort of has beauty to it. Now, clearly someone thought it did and some still think in that the it 60s, does, maybe. but it's <laughs> yeah. really dark and in a way the light, anyway, it's just not a church yeah. that it would, but something happened to me. I, it's, I love going back there. I love walking into that space. It's a place that I encounter the presence of God. Yeah. And instead of going out in the world and thinking everything has to be this way in order, in order for my heart to be happy, I'm like, wow, my, like, I remember where they sat and I remember where they sat and I remember preaching this homily. I remember celebrating the Eucharist mm-hmm. and having this grace given to me. Experience. I remember coming in here and struggling and meeting Eleanor who sat in the back things. I remember going into the pews and finding these little envelopes that would have like five cents, five pennies in it. And it was from Eleanor. And Eleanor was a woman who had a little mental handicap, and she lived at a place down the road. And she would come in there, and she would pray, and she was so grateful the church was open for her to come in and pray. And she would just write these little notes, God bless you, Father Mark, Father John, and she'd put a dime in there. God okay? bless And Eleanor. she would all the time. And you know what I found out? The place she lived in was like a group home, and she was given so much money. And I think it was like $7 or it was a very small amount of money. And when I discovered all of this, I thought to myself, this is the widow's might. Truly. This is the widow's might. Heather, I have every envelope still. Do you really? Yes. She contributed a total of $3 and seven, I think it's $3.77. And I did give that to the church. (laughs) I didn't keep it. Where's but Eleanor so today? when you do that, you go in, I don't know, in the hands of God, maybe I'm well, not sure. Yeah, please do. We all should. If you're out there, pray for Eleanor. And so you, I go in there and now I'm like, oh, I love the place. Would I change it? Yeah. I put a big, huge mural on the back of that wall, <laughs> <laughs> a beautiful mural that struck big you and lights. made you enter into the mystery of God. Uh, but the other thing. I do thing, like the beam me up Scotty portion of the. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. The, the thing that happened to me there, though, that I didn't realize until actually preparing for this here is I love to preach to the crucifix. And at St. Lambert, 
I used to do it all the time, and I just turn around and I preach. It's harder where I am now, so for the last four years, I haven't been able to do it as much because we don't have the crucifix at the Performing Arts Center. But I love to preach the crucifix. I have never seen that. Love to preach the crucifix. Just turn around and I'm like preaching to you, Jesus, and like I'm with the people. I'm leading them in this dialogue with the crucified and risen Lord. Let's put in the middle of my homily. I'm pausing you, and he paused just like that. Did you see that? We're going to take a quick break. I want to hear more about this when we come back. Stay tuned. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Taking what you experience on Sunday in church and applying it on Monday at work can be a challenge. This year's Faith and Business Conference will help you learn how to take faith principles and integrate them into the workplace. This year's featured speaker is Super Bowl champion and former Minnesota Viking, Matt Burke. Join us on Thursday, August 19th at the Convention Center in Sioux Falls. For more information and to purchase tickets, go to faithandbusinessconference.com. I was ordained four years ago, and I love Catholic Radio I love especially listening to apologetics. I feel as a deacon, at least I should, when someone says something about the Catholic Church that's maybe an error, at least I should know what the Church really says and teaches. And those apologists have really helped me learn and be aware and be able to to defend my faith. And and uh, it's not something that you force on people. And I found the best way to defend it is to ask questions. So need to be prepared when something comes up to ask a question that kind of lets them lead into finding out what the real truth is rather than... Because if I tell them, that may not be what they want to hear. But if you can ask a question that leads them to find the answer, it's so much more effective. And, S.J. Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, S.J. Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. S.J. Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Father John Rutten. And we're broadcasting today from St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg, South Dakota. And we are on part four of Father John Rutten's um, journey. I don't life journey huge life journey but we were talking you were talking um before break about how you like to preach to the crucifix explain that a little bit more no oh unmute there you go there you go (laughs) i was waiting i was like i can't say anything you have to unmute me am i on hello hello (laughs) yeah Yeah, I was just saying that I I found I love to preach the crucifix, uh, and it originates from Sacred Heart Parish. 
it originates from the church. So the church that I can think isn't beautiful or isn't what I would do actually mm-hmm. became a place that's become a very important part of me because that back wall, there's this huge back wall in the sanctuary and it's all pure white. Mm-hmm. And then they have this massive crucifix right in the middle of it. And I think it's missing a mural, but, and maybe that's true, but what happened to me is the crucifix is like the central dynamic you know the tabernacle isn't in the center i'd move the tabernacle to the center like nope the tabernacle is off to the side Do you want me to so, send this interview to father anderson later <laughs> <laughs> i'll just leave it as it is it's not my place i've got my own stuff uh and so because of that you know the, the central factor is this crucifix and so in reflecting on it i'm like see isn't the lord interesting the thing i think i need to change is actually a means with which God wants to change me. And couldn't we apply that to so many things in our lives? Amen. Amen. And so I am grateful for the, the, the building and I'm grateful for the people, but it really is the people. I mean, I really fell in love with the people. And, um, but as a new priest, you know, there's things that happen you, you don't know are coming. The amount of energy it takes just to like transition into this new way of being. I mean, the amount of time and energy it takes to preach, to receive people, to meet with people. I remember the marriage files. I'd go through the marriage files like every day and I'm like, I think I'm going to miss something. Am I missing something? What do I got to do? Cause you don't know how to do marriage. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you, you, you prepare to do marriage preparation, but uh, you always feel like something's going to fall through or, you know, each each couple comes with their own story and their own sort of disposition to the church and some are on fire and some are just barely hanging on and the the prayer that needs to go with all of that uh you just it's exhausting i slept so much in that first year um mm-hmm. and then i would say after about the first year it sort of was like oh i don't need to rest well not so only much. that but i would think that there would be some level of um for me personally, I can't say how you felt, but it would just be like a huge weight of all of these people are my responsibility. Yeah, I didn't have that. I think in large part, my pastor was pretty, you know, you don't feel that as a as an associate. An associate. Yeah, parochial vicar, you don't feel like they're all your responsibility. That's not until the, uh, that's the <laughs> next stage, you know. <laughs> And, uh, and, and so you, it's just, uh, it's just, everything's new. It's relationships. It's, it's the energy it takes to be present to that many people Yeah. to have a full presence in front of a person and then to move on. And then for, for, I don't know, it'd be interesting to see a study of like the number, the, the careers, this is a vocation, but if we put it in that same light, the careers that have contact with people and mm-hmm. to see how many people does the priest have contact with and sort of you forget it takes energy out of you but um well you've always been very intentional about that when you're present with somebody you're present with that person and i've always found that very intentional and i was drawn to that from the moment i met you because i remember waiting for you once i don't know if you remember this because i just absolutely wanted my mom to meet you Mm. because i just thought you were amazing and we went to St. Lambert's just so she could meet you. Okay. <laughs> and we waited in the wings for Mass to be over, and you were intentionally present with each person that you talked to. And we just patiently waited. I don't know if you saw it that way. <laughs> but we just patiently waited for our turn. Because we knew once you saw us, you would give us that same attention. Mm. And it impacted us. Well, I mean, I thank you 
um, I do what I can. Uh, I don't think I do that. Probably, maybe, yeah. But there's lots of times where I'm lost and I run away. You know, it's. <laughs> but okay, thank you. I just accept. Okay. Uh, the the thing that that changes though after after you're able to do that is you begin to have real relationships with people and and that second year then what happens is you forget there's only that you are a limited being. So you start having the energy and the emotional and psychological stamina, but you might not have the physical time or capability. And sure. so the ex overextension of a young priest is always an issue. Mm. And everyone wants, you know, could you come speak at this? And could you talk at that? And you want to. You're like eager. You have something you want to give. And yeah, I want to. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I experienced that. Uh, USD is where I was at school. And I had an unexpected encounter at my fraternity house where my nephew, uh, I dropped my nephew off. I used to go to, from Sioux Falls to Yankton through Beersford and the Irene exit. And sure. I would skip Vermilion intentionally. I didn't want to go through Vermilion, uh, to get there. And my nephew though was going to school there and needed a ride and dropped off. Hmm. And so it was the first time in like, I don't know, you know, the 18 months, or so, but I had to, probably a year. I had to go through Vermilion and I dropped him off and, I was, thought occurred to me, I should go to my fraternity house. No, why would you do that? To go there, and I go, I go there, I don't stop, I go around the block. You should go to your fraternity house. No, I go down Cherry Street, and I'm leaving Cherry Street, and you should go to your fraternity, you should go to your fraternity house. And I'm thinking, if I get all the way back to Yankton, and this voice is still in my head, <laughs> just go to the fraternity house. So I turn around, I went to the fraternity house, I walked in the door, here I am, a Catholic priest, in my clerics, and there's these guys over on the other side of the kitchen, and they're like, deer in headlights like <laughs> what is a priest doing here in the fraternity house <laughs> and then they were even like doubly dosed when i'm like uh i'm your brother <laughs> you know they're like you are <laughs> anyway long story short i end up in a friendship with these men who start a bible study a focused bible study Get starting there town. yes the guy's like yep i'm going to bible study tonight you should come back is that what you're here for i'm like nope <laughs> they're like i don't know what it is they're just starting it tonight and i go to the newman center and then i'm like who's this sean turgeon guy because he's starting a he's starting a bible study at my fraternity what is going on so I went back, and it really was a healing moment for me where I realized the fraternity wasn't the cause of my problems. I'm the one who lived in a particular way inside that fraternity house. Mm. There were other men there that had crucifix in their bedroom. There was other men there that had virtue and were living something beautiful mm. and friendship. And um, it was me who I had to own up to my responsibilities. And But then I started spending a lot of time at the Newman Center with the focus people and things and overextension. Sure. There is a chaplain there, and that chaplain can he take has, care of yeah. that work and so father mark was you know he was he gave me space but i could tell he was like mm, is that really what you need to be doing so uh learned how to have boundaries and trust that god has other ways that people can be helped and you can't do it for everybody you can't be everything for everyone yeah beautiful well father john that's the end of the show already I can't believe it, but it was a fantastic show. And Monday, we have another fantastic show. So, Eli, we're going to send it to you, and if you'll share what's happening. Sure. You know, first, I just want to say that that's, that last part uh, part of the story there sounds like a, it would make a good movie plot. You know, uh, <laughs> priest totally. walks into frat house, <laughs> yeah. hijinks ensue. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we've got another great show coming up on Monday. Amanda Ellercamp and Mike Kudrowski will be hosting live from Fisher Industries in Dickinson, North Dakota. We'll start off the show with Father Tide Kreidinger of the Diocese of Bismarck, talking about celebrating the faith in town and country. Then Flo Freed of Fisher Industries will talk about bringing faith into his work, plus Christopher Dodson of the North Dakota Catholic Conference and Jason Adkins of the Minnesota Catholic Conference. We'll talk about entering Religious Freedom Week with a bang. All that and a whole lot more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live, Monday morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Right back to you. All right. Thanks, Eli. That's going to be a great show. I don't know if they're going to actually bring fireworks. Uh, Chris Dodson and... At Jason Adkins, but we'll see. Because he said with a bang. Mm, <laughs> missed that. <laughs> Sorry. Religious Freedom Week. <laughs> well, Father John, thank you so much for allowing us to join you. It's always a pleasure. You are welcome. Thanks for coming out here and sharing the journey with us. It's a yep. beautiful journey. Yep. Will you part our listeners with a blessing? Will do. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May the God of goodness, truth, and love, who has opened your hearts and minds, continue to guide you on his way. And may Almighty God bless you this day. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.